Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo there, Reclaimers, and welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast, where we get to talk about Halo in a variety of the all-encompassing everything. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's me, your co-host, DJ Jovial J, also known as Joshua. <laughs> and with me is my buddy, my pal, my friend, um, you know, the the Frodo to my Sam, uh... I don't know. I'm trying to think of another comparison. The what's, a, what's a Star Wars comparison? If you guys can see Brian's face, if you guys can see Brian's face right now, I love when he says something uh, completely asinine to the point he just loses it. Yeah, I do this. Brian, thing what's another? What's a Star Wars comparison? If Lord of the Rings, if if you're the Frodo to my Sam, what are we going with here in Star Wars? That is interesting. Uh, um, mm. Well, Ryan, who's your favorite what character? Is and for you. Or is Tannikin. It who? It's Anakin. Oh, it's Anakin. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't feel like I'm the Obi Wan in our relationship, so I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I think I would be both the Obi Wan and the Anakin in that regard. I, I'll, I'll be Jar Jar. You'd be Jar Jar? No, Jar-Jar. I'd probably be Jar Jar too. I love you, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> You're more coherent than I am. Um. Yeah, but anyways, this actually is an episode about Halo. But for some, I was just about to say, somebody, a friend of mine, showed me a thing yesterday proving how. Jar Jar was initially supposed to be the Phantom Menace. <laughs> I it's, didn't. That's all bullshit. I didn't believe it, but like I watched the video and like they bring up some good points. But I it's I all bullshit. It. I hate it. It's funny. I hate it. But so much. Uh, like that's such an old joke. Anyway, guys, we're gonna talk some Halos. We don't have Alex with us this week. He's uh, busy. He's MIA. But we are gonna get him back ASAP. So in the meantime, Brian MIA makes him sound like a really cool agent in a movie. You know. Well, that's because like he that. is. Yeah. Um, Plots revealed. So we're just gonna we're just gonna spitball talk about Halo guys because can you guys remember the last time we gave you guys a Halo episode that wasn't structured and wasn't like specifically the retrospective? Um, so we're just gonna kind of do that now. Are you Let's trying start to off. It's been a while. It's been a while since I first heard Jesus you. Christ! You just <laughs> turned into an Amish farmer. <laughs> <laughs> just call me Yoder, uh, brother Yoder. Oh, well, fuck. I want to watch Richard Poor. This, this, you know what? Okay, guys, you know what? This is kind of cool. So, probably like six months ago, Josh and I had this idea for an episode, a Halo episode, where we hit the record button and we start talking about Halo with literally no plans or no structure beforehand, and we just see if we can make an hour and a half episode out of it without, with no plans. And we didn't even intend for that to be today, but I can honestly tell you guys that we did not 
We did not. Uh, <laughs> I did not. We we didn't talk about what we were going to talk about in this episode at all before hitting record. So we have no idea where this is going to go, but it's going to be about Halo, and we'll see. We'll see if you guys think this is an episode worth a darn, um, even though we have no structure. So let me kick it off by saying, Josh, what is the thing about Halo's multiplayer that you like the most? If you had to kind of break it down, what is the thing that really just makes you love it so much? Oh man! In short, because getting to play with as many friends as possible, even if it's online, like not just LAN, um, and feeling that sense of beating other real people together, like you feel like your your group of friends is like superior in some way. It's it's that feeling. That's what it really is. And then if you look at it in the LAN perspective, like it's just fun getting everyone in the same room, and uh, no one really, at least in my experience, no one really ever talks too much shit unless it was back in the high school days but i mean everyone's just literally like anytime we've done it we just ate pizza and you get goofy within the first hour um we play some ridiculous game modes and uh just just laugh so (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) i can get pretty goofy during those those land matches i was telling brian the other day guys there's this thing brian does where for the first hour it's like we're playing every time and he's settling into just the experience right and it gets past that first hour and suddenly after everyone's just playing like normal players do i hear brian start going like (laughs) i just get (laughs) i start doing stupid stuff and the thing is usually what happens is when i start doing stupid stuff like the, the beginning nobody's laughing but then I do it so much that people laugh at my sheer stupidity. Now, yeah, like our last land now. party, our last land party, for those of you who've ever heard of or listened to the band Primus, they have a song called Too Many Puppies. And so we were doing the Halo land party, and I just started going, too many puppies, too many puppies, too many puppies. And I just kept saying it all night. And at first it wasn't funny, and then people were like, will you shut up? And they'd just be <laughs> laughing hysterically because I just wouldn't stop going, too many puppies. Yeah, there's this part, yeah, like when, when Brian just internally decides, like, okay, like whatever competitive party had on him is gone, and he's just getting goofy now. I, I'm always, it's always my moment where I'm like, well, Brian's gone. I probably said it at least three the last three times, and I look over and Brian just has this glazed, like smiling face, and it is so funny because you can just his face fucking confirms it every time. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't say it, but the smile on his face is like, yeah, I'm I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll end up just doing something really stupid to piss somebody off. Like I'll be like, hey man, come on, let's get into Warhog. Like okay, yeah, yeah. So we get into Warthog and like I'm driving and then I like manage to like drive them off a cliff but keep myself alive and they're like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so just, well yeah. let's let's flip the question to you man. What do you get out of it when you play? What's your best? Uh, well, what's your favorite for, thing about it? My my favorite way to play multiplayer is LAN, like in person LAN. Like that's when I have the most fun. It's the camaraderie, whether I'm serious or not. It's just the camaraderie of it. Um, I'll say the height of my the the best single moment of my multiplayer experience was me, Josh, my brother, and Justin playing the Halo Five beta because we got into such a sync of like becoming a four player unit and and like backing each other up and calling out locations and stuff. And during that Halo Five beta, we felt like gods because we just were we were just owning everyone ninety percent of the time, and we we didn't know why. It was probably because our teammates sucked and really weren't that great. Or not our teammates, our our opponents sucked. But um, we were just owning, and it was just so cool because it was just like, you know, none of us were dying because we were backing each other up, and we were landing every kill because we were backing each other up. And 
that was a moment where I truly felt competitive, and that, that doesn't happen a lot. I basically, like, when we start playing multiplayer, there's, like, picture, like, one of those little, um, like, board game, like, sands of time things you turn over where the sand falls. That's me with my competitive bone. It's like, okay, guys. You're talking about, like, the hourglass? Hourglass, yeah. It's like, you, Brian, you, Brian, you have 30 minutes with Brian before he is gone. His competitive bone is gone. Hurry! So, enjoy it. But that Halo 5 beta, I think it lasted a few hours. It was, like, surreal, so. Yeah, yeah. it was weird for me. Oh, go ahead. No, I just say com- camaraderie in general. I-, I I get almost nothing out of playing multiplayer online with without with no friends. Just like getting into a random match with randos, I get almost nothing out of that personally. Do you think there's the potential for Halo Infinite to like pull you in similarly, or probably less so? Well, I mean, I do we really? know? It's hard to say right now, but if we're I, just going off what we know, going off what we know, I feel like I really feel confident that it's going to be less. Of that strict, sweaty, team-based kind of Halo Five multiplayer, it's going to be a little closer to what we've talked about before. Like the problem with Halo Five is not that it wasn't competitive because it was very competitive. They nailed the competitiveness of it, but like some of that, just like that that fun element that earlier Halos had, was kind of missing from Five. Where it's like, mm-hmm. if you just want to, because like in Halo Three, for instance. I'm not even talking about goofing around. Let's just say, like, you I'm not talking talking about like being a, like a goof off in the game, but like if you wanted to just kind of have fun and not be in a strict multiplayer like sweaty mood, you could kind of just like you know explore the map and grab vehicles and just have fun and just kind of and still go positive and still do good. But like you could put yourself in a mindset where you're like, I'm just kind of playing for fun more than serious. But when you get into Halo Five, it's kind of like Halo Five pretty much says it's do or die, bro. Either you get your head on straight and you play competitive. Or you're just going to die a lot and not have a good time. And so I think they're going to try to get back some of that fun element. You know, you're probably right. You're probably right. I I hope I don't suck at that new iteration because damn, was I ever good at Halo 5s. Yeah. That was the best yeah. I've ever been in a game since probably the first Gears of War. But yeah, man, that's a good point. I go back to playing Halo during, like Halo 2 during uh, my land years. And like, that was, that was this mix of like, casual yet competitiveness like I, I remember we would literally be blasting like Eiffel 65 music on lockout and I'll get around the the front um bottom mid basically and just start to, like crouch crouch bagging crouch jumping and dancing basically I mean it's just stupid stuff but I wasn't concerned about killing people I was just having fun and then I got Xbox live and suddenly I was like <gasps> my mind had been my, my mind's eye had been opened up to this new like world that I'd heard about for so long and wanted to experience for so long and then suddenly I was like really competitive but then I really sucked because I didn't grasp how to play it like there's a weird difference of making the jump from being just a sort of like land player who plays around your friends and then you play this you play everyone across the world and it's just a completely different experience than you can anticipate. I remember trying to Google search back when the original Xbox was the current gen I remember trying to Google search an adapter that would let me connect a dial-up cable into a broadband connector so I could play my Xbox original with our dial-up. Pretty sure I did that too, Brian. I don't think you're alone in that. And it's like, I didn't even fathom that 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 doesn't work that way, bud. (laughs) You know, like, kind of crazy. It was back then. You felt like anything was possible. I mean, that's how I felt. Next question I want to give you is, what would you say, if you had to pick one singular moment, what is the singular best moment of Halo, a Halo campaign for you? And the singular worst moment, and there's no judgments. Like no worst judgments. is in objective or subjective? No, just for you personally. What what moment of the all the Halo games landed for you the best? It was the best single best moment of Halo. 
Like it doesn't. You don't have to even say a mission. You could say a moment in a mission, or you could say a whole mission. It's whatever. My, my and favorite mission. My favorite moment was the opening of Halo Three, the way that that luck track plays, and then Cortana has the opening monologue. You see, you know, Chief basically crashing. Just how that opened up in like the way the music plays, as Chief has that line where they almost like play it off like he's dead, and obviously he's not, but they almost play it off like that. And then he's like, "Yeah, you're not." And then he picks up, and uh, Johnson picks him up, and the music plays, and I'm like, ah, oh, feels good to be back. And, uh, yeah, it was everything I wanted to, it to be and more. And But then my least favorite would probably be the moment in, a, you'll know specifically, but it's in Halo 4 when you were flying, I think it's like the second to last mission, you're flying the the vehicle. I can't think of what it's called. It's shows a, how little... I think it's a broadsword in that game Yeah, to get to the because, guy deck. I mean, that part is fine. But it's when I was playing that part that I realized the game was about to be over. And that's still, discounting ODST, that's still, like, my shortest experience in a Halo game. And it just felt weird. Like, it felt really weird for me. So, when I, it was, like, the beginning of the end moment. And I was like, are we really kind of getting to the end of this? I was like, damn, it's still, this feels short. Either, maybe I just, like, so it was less about maybe the skill-wise, I just blew through it fast. But yeah. Was it less about the moment and more about the moment symbolizing it was over already? Is that what it is? The moment, it was more about the moment symbolizing this experience, I would say. Not that the experience was shit. It wasn't. But yeah. uh, it was just it was just weird because I was still taking in so much uh, new stuff and not understanding it, but I never understand a Halo story the first time I play through it. Um, so it was less to do with Halo 4, and it was just, but it just, it just felt short. That was all. It just felt short, so... Mm. But yeah, hey, some you know me, quality over quantity. Yeah, my head just the went high, like did a fucking three sixty. The highest, I think, the highest moments. Yeah, the highest moment for me was pretty much the the run of the cutscene with giving the Covenant back their bomb, all the way till destroying the Scarab in Halo Two. Like that whole run of. If I you're picking be, a, let's narrow it down for me to one moment though. Is there anything that really? Okay, well to do that further, okay. If it's cutscene, my one moment would be giving the Covenant back their bomb in all of Halo. Okay. That's that's number one. Um, that was Good probably answer. like that was probably like me for for me, you know, being a, a impressionable kid. That was probably my like I you know I I know I am your father moment was like when I, I got to the Covenant Covenant back your bomb. And I'm like holy shit, this game is freaking awesome! Holy crap, I never played a game as cool. You know that's one uh, of those. Actually, go ahead. I don't know. I'm going to save this for after because you deserve it. For cutscene, it was that. Uh, for cutscene, it was that. I would say for gameplay, highest moment for me was probably. It's in the outskirts. It's in the outskirts of Metropolis. You know, it's probably. Okay, I think I know what it probably was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm discerning here because on one hand, outskirts is my favorite mission of Halo Two, but I think the moment where I was like, "Holy shit! I cannot believe I can do this in gameplay." Was at the end of Metropolis, when it was then I was progressing through the level, and then it was presented to me. Wait a minute, the scarab is going to pass right underneath me. Can I? Can I jump on this? Can I jump on that scarab and attack those guys? Like, because I don't know, like if people had done it before or whatever. But like in my mind, when I by the time I got to Halo Two, the the idea of like a moving vehicle like the the, the scarab with enemies on it, like every time I'd been in a situation like that in any other video game. I had to shoot them from the platform I was on. There was no boarding it. But the the fact that I actually I tried it and I actually jumped and landed and I was like, okay, the scorpion is moving. Or not scorpion. The scarab is moving. 
and I am on it, and I am fighting enemies. Holy shit, I can't believe the game's letting me do this. And it actually wasn't until, like, a year later that I realized that mission, and, like, that mission, if you don't jump on the scarab while it's moving... It doesn't end. It, what? It doesn't end, well, right? Well, what I was going to say is the, the scarab eventually reaches an end point where it just sits there and waits sits for there, you. Sits there, yeah. And yeah, I didn't I've done know that, that. like a, a year later. <laughs> the last couple of times I've played through that and I get to that, I just let it get to the end. Because there's all the ammo right out there by it, just True. adjacent to where well, there, it's There's ammo so. the whole entire stretch to that. There is, but there's a bunch of yeah. shits on a rockets right there. So, But it's I like, so it's just kind of cool that like, that's that's one of the things that makes Halo so great with like it being a sandbox is like, you know, I, I, I thought that jumping on top of it to board it was the only way to do it for a year and then realized that, oh, they kind of actually made it so that it ends. It's funny how um, much so, for them that whole experience was so shit because of what they had, right. their imbi- their initial ambition of what that vision was for that. And for us not knowing, being none the wiser, that was an awesome moment. You're like, oh my God, I get to jump on this thing and go inside of it. and Yeah, and much, I, I can't. Uh, tear- <laughs> I can't cite it word for word to where it came from, but there's one interview where Marty O'Donnell says, he's like, you know, everybody knows about Halo 2's horrible development, how bad it was. He's like, but we we pushed ourselves so hard. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as we talked about this before, you know, relationships ended, people having to kennel, kennel their pets, sleep in the office. He's like, we pushed ourselves so hard and so to the limit to get the game as good as it was. He's like, the only, you know, he's like, Halo 2 we made a lot of mistakes, a lot of things we were disappointed in, but like, the reason you gamers got the game you got is because we gave every last bit of blood, sweat, and tears to make that game come out as good as it did. So it's like, you know, for those of us that love Halo 2's campaign, it's like, wow, that is, that the reason it's that good is because they they literally pushed themselves to, to unhealth, like literally their health was suffering, you know, and it begs the question, how good could the game have been with more time? But then also, sometimes when you have too much time, things aren't as good, you know, because then you kind of get yeah. chillax. Oh, that's true. Um, so. You know, you made me think of something else too, that when you talked about the giving of the covenant back their bomb, that for me is like one of my, it reminds me of this this feeling I get whenever I play certain games, and it's like this feeling of like, you know, there, it's like this point of no return where you've been long anticipating what this is like. Like, basically in the cutscene for context, he's giving the Covenant back their bomb. And I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like, they have really took this to the next level. And then you get down to Earth. For me, that's the moment in Halo 2, at least, or kind of Halo as a whole, where it's like, wow. There's sometimes you get to these games and you don't know what to expect. I didn't, at least, aside from you going to Earth. And then you get on this, like, level... And you just kind of see it in front of you and you're thinking like, wow, this is the last time I kind of experienced this for the first time where every I'm just taking everything in. Like I think of like when Witcher 3 first really gave me control of Geralt if in the open world, like not just the sort of beginning of the story, but when I really got to like, I think it was Velen, um, you, you start to explore. I just kind of stood there and was like, man, I don't know what that what's in that building over there, but I'm about to find out. I don't know what's down this stretch of road. Something like Skyrim in Halo with that, it was very much like, we're on the ship. I, we, I've never been to Earth in a Halo game before, even though it's just Halo 2. But I'm just thinking, like, I've never been to Earth in a Halo game. This is the last, like, this is where everything starts to, like, shift and change. There's that moment in gaming. You ever get that? Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. I think... I love it's, that it's, experience. It's funny you say that because, like, Earth, you know, Earth was such a big marketing thing of that game and you're barely on Earth in Halo 2. Um, yep. But, you know, Josh, while you're talking, it made me think, hit me up with the sound of... 
Sergeant Johnson is exploring an underground tunnel. Uh, and as he's exploring an underground tunnel, he starts to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And he makes his way to the end of the tunnel, and when he gets to the light, he's underneath the light underground. It turns out he is actually in a porta potty hole. And Tartarus is sitting down about to shit through the porta potty, and Johnson is looking <laughs> up at Tartarus's asshole. Hit me up with the sound with Johnson's reaction to Tartarus about to shit what? down the. Show your belly, Eggy Marines. We got a light at the end of the tunnel. We got to get out of. What? He's cold. What? what? It's suddenly getting darker. Take cover, Marines. Something's coming down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Marines are like, sir, we got to get out of here. And he, he's looking up at Tartarus' butthole. He's like, not until that brute is dead. <laughs> I doesn't even know it's a brute by the anus. God, oh, and you can like... tell, dude. A brute anus is oh, a very particular tell? thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Uh, Tartarus probably has a lot of hair down there, too. It's probably got like a full on brutes. I don't. I would assume. Okay. I feel like Tartarus has probably got like a white beard coming off of his butt, though. I mean, you know what I mean. White beard. Yeah. Like, what, okay, hit me up with the sound of like, what's this? When Tartarus is about to, you know, he's about to clip it off early. You know, what do you? <laughs> <laughs> what sound does Tartarus make? <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I feel like it would be the most complete opposite of what people would expect. You'd expect him to be like, <laughs> and instead, it'd be like. It'd be something like completely different. Or he just goes you, just like, hear this, you just hear this, bloosh. <laughs> and then Johnson's like, ah! <laughs> uh, uh, no, someone no. on the, no. the podcast is like, you guys are disgusting. Yeah, like, oh man, guys in their potty humor. No, I think maybe when he's about <laughs> he's about to drop the deuce, he just goes, oh, baby, I love you every day. Tartarus starts singing. Like, that's how we kind of... He's in there listening to like Fallout 4 music. He's hacking, he's whacking, he's smacking. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Listen to uh, damn ass Butcher Pete. Mm. Uh, but on a serious note, uh, for my for my worst moment was, in Halo. It sounded serious, yeah. Yeah, well, it was serious for Johnson. Least, I mean, also, I think Tartarus' shit would probably be like the size of Johnson. Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> um, like, I found a way out. And then just as soon as he says that, he just sees this crescent chocolate moon. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, and, never mind. <laughs> and then and then and then Marcus Phoenix walks in after like seeing Tartarus's shit. And he's like, Anya, they're sinking cities with a giant oh. worm. <laughs> he's like, Ah, damn. Oh, we got to move on from this. We're going too too deep too deep oh, down the the porta potty hole. Maybe that'll be the name Wait, of the literally. episode. No, we're not. Because I'm in too deep. Oh. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep the shit off of Johnson's head. Uh, um, my least favorite moment in, Halo, in the Halo series, yeah, yeah. I hate to say it because it's like, oh, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I pretty much assume you're going to pick that. It's probably the moment I actually see Cortana in Halo 5 when she you actually see her full. full Because... Because at that point, when I'm arriving at that point in Halo 5 story, I'm like, okay, some shit's kind of weird here. Like, how is this going to land? And then I see her walk up from behind. <laughs> Johnson the... probably was asking the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? That's the name of the, that's the, name of the episode is uh, I bet Johnson was asking. Sergeant Johnson was asking the same thing. What do you think about that? Um, but no, because uh, when she walks up from behind the warden and you see what she looks like after Halo 4, you're like, okay, what? That, no. And then she, like, locks him up in a crypt and all that stuff. I'm just like, yeah, that was like, the lowest moment. Like, hey, guys, I bet you probably didn't recognize me because of the new armor. 
Yeah, yeah, because the red arm. I'm back. Teeth come find me. Yeah, that was probably the the the, the lowest uh, moment for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyways, we kind of went really dead went... inside in the moment that happens. I get it though, because I mean, when that happened for me, I was like, okay, I wanted this. I wanted Cortana back. You did too. We all kind of wanted it, but it's like sometimes not this way. Yeah, and I can't sit here and say I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know how they should have done it. I don't have any idea. No. I and just the, it just dude like, and it's it's really convoluted. Like think it. about it. Now, somebody, maybe I'm forgetting something and somebody afterwards will correct me, but, like, if you think about it, it really makes no sense that you're fighting Prometheans in that game. Because if you think about it, like, so the Didact's not around anymore, but, like, the the only reason that we have Prometheans to fight is because of the Warden. But then through the whole game, the Warden is doing things that Cortana doesn't want him to do, and she keeps trying to stop him. So it's almost like, but she's also, like, allowing him to do it? So it's this really convoluted, like, the only reason you're fighting Prometheans and there's a conflict at all, getting to Cortana, is because Cortana's allowing the Warden to continue to do what he's doing. Oh, I didn't consider that. So it's like, you know, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. You know, you made me think of something. The last time I played uh, Batman Arkham Asylum and you have the Warden in there, Quincy Jones, I kept thinking of him as the Warden Eternal. Like, Mm. (laughs) in my head, I just kept referring to him as Warden Eternal. Well, you know... Speaking of that, like this is probably a stretch, but you know when they mentioned the Harbinger in the Halo Infinite trailer or a gameplay? Oh yeah, you, know, like, you think of Mass Effect? I, well, I was thinking Mass Effect because I'm thinking that's the same guy who played Didact's voice. Yeah, isn't the Harbinger that insane? Mass Effect? Yeah, I'm the Harbinger of destruction. Voice. Damn, that moment is such like so iconic. But so wouldn't the, that be kind of a cool like like way to symbol? Like if they, I don't think they're going to bring the Didact back, but if they did, not kind of a cool way to symbolize like oh we 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 call him the Harbinger because he also did the Harbinger in Mass Effect too, the same voice actor. No, it's kind of neat. You know, honestly, I would love for them to bring him back at this point. I really. I mean, would. yeah, I think they. You know, he's a good. Character. But the thing is, if they bring the Didact back, they got to find some way to retcon it that he actually comes back as an organic person. I know. I I'm not going to pretend back. to be educated enough to really like. Because right now, <laughs> I think there's digitized. validity to that happening. I just, you know, I, I just wish uh, they hadn't killed him off in four and then brought him back in a comic book and killed off Black Team. I think it was off screen. Weird, yes, damn. Escalation had its had its ups and downs for sure. But uh, okay, Josh, what what is your yeah. what is your least favorite Covenant enemy to fight? So you got grunts, roots, jackals, elites, drones. Um, oh, the drones! You know what? Well, I don't even hate them, but I just, I just, man, jackals are so much fun because they have the added element of like for one, they feel good to just headshot with a carbine, for example. But then they have that shield there, and it's always fun to just, like... It's so satisfying when you're able to shoot just to the side of the shield, and they, like, yeah. jerk back, like, oh, fuck! And then you yeah. hit them for the one-two punch. Uh, and then you have the grunts, which... How can you not love killing grunts? I mean, it's just so therapeutic. The best cannon fodder ever. Uh, yeah. And then you have elites, which are just incredibly satisfying as, like, leaders of the pack. It's really fun. And then when they have the different armors, like in the first Halo, when you see a red one, you, the blue ones at first, you're like... Dang, these guys are kind of tough. The shield is crazy to take down. And then you get the red ones, and you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> these guys are even tougher. And then you start seeing the gold ones, and then the invisible ones with the swords. And there's a whole Brady Bunch of them. It's nuts. And the hunters are just so satisfying. Every time they show up, it's like an oh, shit moment. You know? Like, I love that moment. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, it, it's got to be the drones, because, I mean, it's it, when they first show up in Halo 2, it's cool. When they first show up in Halo 3, it's cool. But other than that, I'm just like, eh. I they do they seem to be the least explored. Like you don't really know much about their. That's like, a good home point, world and that's probably or... why. Because I think 
so far they feel like they've been utilized for these like sort of wow like you know little wow moments and i'm just like mm. like it does feel oh, good when they actually the show up as well which is your favorite yeah no, no no that's what i'm saying yeah i love the hunters when they show up i'm like oh fuck you know like this feels like someone just dropped in a walking like atomic bomb basically and those boys are thick even though they're they could be easy to kill I don't know, man. It's just so satisfying. Like, when you get them at the end of Halo 2's campaign and you're playing as the Arbiter and they're on your side and it's like, what? These guys, they, like, have a green... Like, my crosshair's showing up green and these dudes... And I'm charging into this room. Every single time, I want those dudes to stay alive. And they usually die, but it's because my ass is, like, right behind them. I literally got my my palms and my hands on their backs yeah. just, like, walking in there like a, well, a, a football player trying to I'm break sure. through. I'm sure a lot of people, probably most people do the same thing, but, like, do you remember that one section at the last level of Halo 2 where you have the hunters with you and you can, like, you can shoot those prison cells open to release more hunters and yeah. release more elites? Yeah. Every time I get to that section, I'll just take cover and I'll I'll release all the dudes and just let them kill all the enemies for me. That's just always a fun, like, sandbox thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm, you know, I've talked about before how, like, my, the first Halo game I ever played was Halo 2. And, um, you know, I played Halo 1 after the fact, and that, in some ways that sucked. But in a lot of ways, I'm glad that I started with Halo 2 because if you think about it, like, that game, that is the deepest, the story of Halo 2 is the deepest, most, like, interconnected, woven, dual perspective. Like, it blows up the universe so much. If you, if you kind of think about it, if you just took Halo 1 and 3... There's not a lot going on in those games. It's very simple. You know, it's so weird. I, Halo Two is really the one game that made me care about the lore a lot. Like first, the first one set up the mystery box aspect of it, and I love it for that. But it's like it only takes a base level of understanding to really grasp what's going on in the first story to a to a positive. Yeah. And then you get to the second game, and it like you have the dichotomy of, of both the different uh, the duality, I should say, more of, of you know both sides and. The way the music is there and the graphics, and I just in the classic graphics, just seeing everyone how they walked and the animations, and I don't know, I'm so nostalgic for that now. I just like, I could like when I think of the um, the be the another day at the beach video, I'm, I just remember thinking like, man, I, I could watch a show of this, and no, I don't mean like Rivers Blue, like that's good, don't get me wrong, it's not for me personally, but like I meant like something straight up, like a Bungie just did like an hour and a half or like 20 minute episodes you know, 10-episode season or something back then, I would have ate that shit up. I was so invested. That's, like, I loved... I don't know. I just loved everything about Halo 2's aesthetic. Mm, it was a good yeah. aesthetic. And here, to well, think I used to complain about the Arbiter levels being too brown and tan and just barren. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking while you were talking, I'm like, you know, what's something that people throw around a lot, a term that people get thrown around a lot, is Halo. Halo's dead. Halo died. Halo's not relevant anymore. Halo's dead. Like... How, how how much truth is there to that? Let's think about that. Because like, first of all, right now we're we're about we're going on six years since the last Halo game. So, in in that aspect, that is nuts. Yeah, in that aspect, like there hasn't been a new Halo game in you know six years. So like in that aspect, like yeah, there's there's not as much Halo going on because it's so like old. But like, I think with the excitement for Infinite and the the as much as people look forward to that, as well as MCC is sold, as well as people play MCC like. Like, I feel like Halo isn't really dead in any way. It's not as relevant as it was at Halo 3's launch, but, like, do we really expect that to be the case, you know, after all this time? Only problem I'm having with that argument is that they're still releasing books. Is it, like, to sort of, like, keep 
the fans fed while it's taken all this time for another game to come out and I don't I just don't like that like idea there that I, I don't I don't like how they're going about that because I think there's too many books and I there to be fair there isn't Star Wars too like I mean I'm not just hating on Halo or anything but it's like it's a it's a catch 22 yeah I think be, be careful what you ask for kind of deal because when when it was when Bungie was the one exclusively running Halo you know we had like I, I could if I thought hard about it, I could I could give you the exact number we had like seven books or something and those books were great, and we, but we kind of like kind of sucked that they weren't acknowledged in the games, you know. Well, then you have now three, four, three. They acknowledge it all, and there's so many books. But I think, you know, if you if you could choose one or the other, it's like I really liked when we had the straight fire bungee games and just some slight, slight side ancillary content in the books. I like that better than now, where it's like, well, we've only had two Halo games in the last ten years, but. There's 30 novels and 18 comics and several movies and stuff yeah. that you watch. It's, like, it's just daunting you know? when you're when you're someone who's on the outside of the box. I mean, imagine that. And you're you see so many questions all the times on social media like just recently played Halo or I'm looking to get more into it. Where do I start in terms of the canon? Everyone always says follow reach and they're right. But then there's this everyone's got their own different list and it's like if I'm someone like that coming into that and I get the list I think I'm going to be like more intimidated because it just seems daunting. It's like, damn, like I want to consume all this, but like, it's exhausting. I mean, it is with star Wars and star Wars has way more. So, I mean, um, Halo's credit, it's got less. It's just, you have it in the vacuum of what's supposed to be a a game experience. And those are kind of like the main experience right now. Halo was mostly just simple fun. Uh, before you know while Bungie ran it you know it really was because like even even though i know that like some of the story elements and lore they introduced could be pretty deep and you know like stuff and oh the great schism within halo 2 and like oh the you know the arbiter or the uh, the arbiter is this like this uh thing that used to be this great honor that mm-hmm. the, the the prophets turn into this suicidal like disgraceful position like there's all this stuff you can get into but like at the end of the day all the way through reach with Bungie's tenure it was mostly like we're going to give you this really fun world to play in and have a good time and a great multiplayer and then you know all this story stuff like yeah you can dive into it but like really just at the front it was just kind of like here's fun like just have fun and then when you get to when you get to 343 stuff even if you're somebody who loves Halo 4 and 5 like I actually do and I you know I actually really do love those games you know it feels more burdenful. It feels more weighted. It feels more burdenful. It's like, okay. And, and we talked about it before, and I agree with Alex. I don't feel like you need to read any books to enjoy Halo 4. I really don't. But, like, when you play Halo 4, it's so weighted by all the mythology and all the sci-fi, like, bearings. And then it continues in 5 that you almost feel like, okay, this is less about, like, just a fun video game that you can dive into if you want. It's more like, oh, if you want to be a Halo fan, you've got a lot of homework to do. Yeah, I guess it's the double-edged sword of trying them trying to have everything be inclusive and matter because, yeah. I mean, we haven't really... Halo, to its credit, is probably the first one or first, like, franchise that's ever done something like that. I mean, Star it's Wars... It's gone this deep, yeah. Star Wars, Star Wars does it, but Star Wars doesn't do it the way Halo does. Halo is like these... Like, you're getting main event storylines in the books. And well, in Star Wars, you, it's... You were, they're trying not to do that now. Right. No, and that's true. That's true. To be fair, but in Star Wars, it's the opposite, and some people are tired of that in Star Wars. So I don't think there's a right way to do it or anything. But uh, I just, yeah, it was like it's just for me. It's like less is more. 
because even with Star Wars books, sometimes have a bad habit of starting out, and there's such a slog to get through before they really take off and get good. And I'm like, for me, sometimes it's more fun. The story stuff is more fun when it's not being taken so seriously because the books, regardless of any franchise, are always so serious. Like, when I think of Halo 2 story, it's, like, much more cartoony and fun. Like, it does have a very serious element there. But, like, it's not so serious that I'm, like, I don't know, that I'm losing, that it loses its sense of color or charm. You know, like, you think of, like, Johnson and stuff like that. Like, he's there to kind of break up some of the, the military monotony, if you will. Um, with his banter, but then um, the the books are just so serious. Like Father Reach, uh, by comparison of like Halo One, even then is like way more serious. It adds to it. I think it enhances it, but it's so much serious. So, but it's not just Halo. To be clear, yeah, just, I, just Halo didn't take Halo. itself too seriously when it was Wonder Bungie. You know, it really but yet did. people really like it. So that's the thing. I think I'm in the minority with that. Because most people really seem to, to gravitate gravitate toward we'll, that stuff. We'll have to you know we'll have to come we'll have to reassess this conversation once Infinite is out because you know with Infinite it very much seems like they're trying to go back to uh, more similar to a bungee approach with things, um, but we don't know like maybe Infinite introduces extremely extremely deep lore nuggets that are on the same page as Halo Four and Five and it's like okay well they're still kind of doing this. It definitely I don't I definitely don't get that vibe. I, get, I feel like they're taking it back to basics. They're like, okay, it's just you and this pilot and you're on a halo ring and there's there's covenant to fight, you know. Yeah, I hope I, I that's this the thing is I like I want the story to be the main event and then like the books that kind of come out around it to like supplement that. Even if they're not taking place okay, around the same game, but like I love the mystery aspect. I love when there's so little to go off on that my imagination takes off. When I suddenly have so much to go off of, it becomes more daunting and my imagination's gone and I just feel more intimidated than I do wondrous yeah. because it's like, there's all this stuff here. I don't know where to start. Like, what if I don't like this book? And then what, like yeah, for me, for me guys, it's like, okay, if I'm, if I, regardless if what, what, what franchise it is, if I jump into, let's say a halo book and I don't like it within the first 20, 30 pages, it's just not grabbing me. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't want it to, it's going to set this like mood for me to kind of like make me less interested in potentially just jumping into another book and trying it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like some people might be like, this one's not working. I'm going to try another one. It might make that harder for me. So it's, it's just difficult. It, it sucks in a way. Cause, um, I don't think there really is a right answer to it. I think to be fair, if we were in the opposite situation right now and there weren't really any halo books, I think I'd be complaining and I'd probably be saying, now seems like the perfect time to get a book out. Why can't an author be yeah. given it's, it's, this opportunity? Yeah. It's, you get to know win situation. Um, you know, now we're talking about books like this. I said something in the Discord earlier this week, and I, I, I started it by saying, I don't know if this is a hot or a cold take. I really don't know. Turns out it was a hot take. Um, but I was like, I really don't, you know, and if Alex, you know, tunes into this episode, he's going to be like, Brian, no, because he's going to be like, <laughs> I thought we were on the same page on this, but like, I think all the stuff with three four three guilty spark has just gotten really convoluted. I'm not really a fan of it. Like it, it doesn't bother me. But I'm just like, okay, like think about. I, this I remember guy. seeing your post. Yeah. Yeah, think about this, guys. Like when you play Halo three, you know, guilty spark is just this uh, AI thing that like watches over a Halo ring that you have some history with from Halo one, and then you end up killing him at the end. Well, the lore now is that hundred thousand years ago, he was an ancient human who then had his consciousness put into a robot named 343 Guilty Spark, who then you kill in Halo 3, 
but then he doesn't die from so like at Halo Three, you you literally kill him with the Spartan laser, and then you blow up the arc with a Halo ring, and he doesn't die. His his shards of him still live, and then he's picked up, and he goes on all these adventures, and he eventually gets a full on like armature body, and he's still alive doing things currently in the world of Halo during mm-hmm. Infinite, and it's like. Don't get me wrong, guys. Now, I, I don't want to take away enjoyment from anyone. So, like, if you enjoy that and you like that, it's completely valid. It's not wrong at all. And, and honestly, it sounds like maybe I'm in the minority here, but I'm like, it just seems kind of silly to me. Like, like let's just leave it at we killed him in Halo. I get it. How much, how much, it, it, the same goes for, like, the Gears of War franchise. Like, how much are you going to recycle and how much are you going to just leave alone? Yeah. You know, when and, it comes to, like, continuing, when you, when you kind of get in the cycle of a, a trilogy that has a sense of finality to it, but then you still keep going with the story. Like, how much are you gonna let live and let die? And then also, how much are you gonna like recycle and kind of remix? You know, like it's like you gotta draw the line hard when. So you know, at the end of Halo Two, you know, um, the very end of Halo Two, when it's when it's three four three Gilly Spark Johnson and Miranda and looking at the hologram and and um, three four three is like, oh, you know. Now, now the other rings are on standby from a remote location or whatever, and like they're like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Why the Ark? Of course." And then in Halo Three, you go to the Ark, and it's this big, cool moment where you visit the Ark where Halo rings are created. Well, then three four three introduced in the lore that oh, that's just the lesser Ark. There's another Ark called the Greater Ark, and I'm like, <laughs> "No, man, very no. original." <laughs> we we love three four three, but that's a that's a that's a kind of like another Death Star type thing to me. It's like really, yeah, guys. Like fair. the Ark was like think about this in 1977. The Death Star <laughs> was holy. The Death Star was freaking yeah. amazing concept. Holy shit, this is cool. But then you then get Return of the Jedi. Them. Yeah, there's another one, and then you get to. Uh, Force Awakens. Uh, there's another one, except it's a planet. It's called Starkiller Base, and then oh, the the Death Star tech and everything. You see like, through the lies. Yeah, it's like ah, <laughs> I you know, get it, I, man. I, that kind of stuff. I don't really like. But the thing is, you know, the whole the whole like the whole uh, what's the word I'm looking for motto behind Sacred Icon from the beginning was like Josh and I looking at the positive. So you know, there's so much good about Halo, and there's been so much good Halo stuff since 343 took over that we didn't we didn't mention things like uh, you know we thought. 343 Guilty Spark still being alive is silly. I mean, hey, just to go off on that, I mean, look, the fact that these books even exist is a a testament to 343 trying to inject more life into this, you know? I mean, you had Bungie that was giving giving it a sense of finality and kind of giving it this blank slate where if someone wanted to take it somewhere, they could. And then Microsoft took it over, and they've done a great job with it, even though they fumbled, uh, but they've done awesome with that. And they've tried to do stuff. I think that's what's important. It's important to try... You know, uh, because uh, what's that Wayne Gretzky quote, the Michael Scott quotes? He's like, well, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Oh, He's no. got that on the whiteboard. Yeah, I mean, like, it's good It's good that you they, they've taken that chance. And so many people, so many people, like, get emotionally immersed in these books. I've never, I think I've only, like, cried once reading a book. And, there, but there's people who get, like, either that close or just, like, right up next to it in terms of, like, emotional gravity. And I see a lot of people feel affected by these certain characters in Halo books or comics that never make appearances in the games. And I think that's badass. If 343 can make that happen and make you feel outside of just the game experience, man, they got it. They got you. You know, and that's a good feeling to have. I mean, yeah. hey, to be fair, you know, even though I'm I'm, I'm much bigger uh, fan of Star Wars, uh, when I've read some of those books, I mean, by the time I get to the end of them, I'm like, Whoa damn that was good like i am such a deeper fan for knowing it fuller reach is a great example of that 
I mean, everyone out who listens yeah, me, to this Fallout has probably read is... way more Halo books than I have because yeah. I'm more the multiplayer guy. But uh, damn, did that like help enhance it? And I think of the, I think of all of that every time I play Halo Combat Evolved. Every single time now. So I love what it does for that. Even that's, though that's yeah, that's a bungee book, but I'm just saying like three four three's done substantial. It's a bungee book, but it's books. a book that notoriously Bungie didn't want to be made and I but that when I play when I play Halo 1 I'm always in my mind thinking of the context of, of the fall of Reed yeah I always think so you know one better. of my favorite moments in that book is like the moment Chief gets Cortana for the first time and they're like working together and this dude I'm, I'm blanking on it some of you guys are gonna probably be correcting me of this but there's like I think a dude from Oni who's like trying to take him down and a group of them but I think it's led by this yeah. one dude and Dan, Chief and Cortana end up outsmarting him, but that's like their first like thing together, their first like exhibition, their first experience as a team. And it is so cool as Chief's like processing um, what it's like having someone in his head and then her just kind of like reacting to everything before he can really even do it. It's so damn cool. You know, I think uh, I think Halo is very similar to Star Wars in the sense that like you, you see you see how many times Star Wars has fumbled over its forty years. I mean, it's made mistakes. And it doesn't matter because Star Wars is such a special thing in cinema. It's such a special universe mm-hmm. that it always brings people in. It always gets people excited. Yeah. And if you don't like one thing, it's not long before something else comes along you really do love. It's just like right now. I mean, was there is there ever a bigger contrast than than people watching The Mandalorian Season 1 and seeing Rise of Skywalker in the same week and having people be so disappointed and hate on Rise of Skywalker and be so happy and enjoy The Mandalorian. It's one of those things where, like, it's the same for Halo. It's like, you know, for people out there who are saying, oh, Halo's dead or Halo's, you know, not big anymore. It's like, but it, it, is, it is, though, really. Like, Halo's such a powerhouse name that when a new game's coming out, even if people have been disappointed with the last several entries, they still get excited. And I think it, it it's just like, um, it's kind of that Force Awakens moment where, like, there was so much hate and vitriol in Star Wars and then Force Awakens came out, and for a time, everyone was excited and on the same page. And I think when mm-hmm. Infinite comes out, if Halo Infinite is able to get people back on the same page like that, people are going to see. Go, oh, yeah, yeah that's the like kind of thing stuff. I hate with the just fandoms in general is just how people communicate shit on social media. Like, you have I, there's a good point within there of what people are saying. Like, Halo isn't dead, but it very much right now because it's been six years without a mainline game. It very much feels like you're poking a stick at a zombie and saying, "Move." by getting yeah. these books and these comics to come out. Like, rather than just kind of letting it, like, sit and rest and recharge and then come back with, boom, blowing the doors open, here's a new game, oh, by the way, we got new novels coming out, boom, new comics coming out, new DLC, oh, DLC expansion campaigns, guess what, never been done before. Wah! You know, I mean, stuff like that, I, I feel like is a much better approach, but at the same time, as it seems to be the theme of this, you know, is like devil's advocate, is that, you know, it's still good to do that stuff because most... I tend to be, I think, a black sheep in most of my opinions. Um, so I think most people would probably probably want the want at least something to keep them going. Because well, it's, it's, you're you're a very interest you're a very interesting personality in the Halo fandom because you were kind of swept into it by me. Now let me clarify: Josh has been a Halo fan since long before he met me, and, and I think Josh even played Halo before I did in time. I did, but um, I still say so, you're the biggest fan, or the, the, so Josh, the bigger fan. Yeah. I mean, Josh is a, a huge Halo fan, fan on his own, but like he kind of got swept into this because it's like, you know, by the time we he met me, we met each other in 2011, um, at that point, Josh was like, 
Was he? No, you, yeah, okay, so Reach was the last game, yeah. Josh, like, liked Halo and loved Halo, but he, he wasn't as big on it. Well, then I started talking about it all the time, kind of got him more into it. Then Halo 4 came out, kind of disappointed Josh, but then I kind of brought him around to it. And then over time, you know, eventually I kind of got him back into the hype a bit with MCC and Halo 5, and then by the time we came around to creating Sacred Icon, there's so much, like, love and nostalgia and hype for Halo that's just kind of, a lot of it's based on our friendship, I feel like, for Josh, like, there's all those original Halo memories he had long before I came along. Well, the benefit with s- you, Brian, honestly, is like on a selfish, purely selfish levels. Like, you were the person who brought LAN parties back into my life. Like, outside of the conversations and everything else, like, I didn't have that since high school. And I thought that shit was dead. So, you know, when you started, like, coming up with uh, wanting to do that again and making that stuff happen, it's like, huh? You know? It's like the same thing as the MCC. You never thought you'd get back to a point where, like, Halo 2 is relevant again. I never thought I'd get back to a point where LAN parties are relevant again. Yeah. And that's why I love... It's like... That's that's the... That's my appetizer for Halo, really, is the multiplayer. Like, that's it. That's my sizzle. Like, when I play... If I'm in a, at a LAN party or I'm over there talking to you about Halo while we're kind of, like, doing something, that opens the door for me and makes me be like, okay, now I want to take a look at the rest of the menu and I want to see what's out there because this... This is the multiplayer is what pulls me in. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't start that way, but that's kind of what it became. I just feel like, I feel like, yeah, well, I guess I kind of feel like if you hadn't, you know, met me and, and we had all these conversations and stuff, I feel like you'd very much be in that position of like if you were just out there nebulously doing your thing and you didn't know me, I feel like you'd be in that position of, oh, I grew up with Halo, I loved Halo, but you know. The last couple didn't really do it for me, so I don't really think about it much. And then you, you see Infinite, and you're like, oh, that no, looks pretty you, cool. You deserve so much praise for that, man, because I think... That's not what I'm looking for by saying this. I know you're not. I don't think you're fishing for it, but... You're going to get it anyway, little baby. <laughs> uh, we, Shower me, compliment king. Yeah, uh, man, it, I would have loved Halo 5's multiplayer regardless, but I don't think... You helped facilitate all the this sort of, like group of friends you know like even though like it was just you me justin and your brother creighton uh that just became a whole new like part of my life and i wasn't really expecting that like the moment you're talking to me about halo i don't even know i want to say it was honestly within like two weeks after that halo 4 conversation we were back at your place yeah and we were playing halo 4 with all the tvs and that's where you're like i just got (laughs) fun after like the first 15 minutes like 34 times, not 33, not 36, 34 Yeah, times. it was like, okay, I didn't want to, I kind of low-key didn't want to say on the podcast because it sounds so juvenile and bad, but like, Who yeah, cares, we, man. we were, we everyone's were playing, been juvenile on Halo. We were playing, uh, man, I remember I got like a few 12 packs of Mountain Dew Livewire that night and I think I drank, this is like horrific, I think that one land night I drank 13 cans of Livewire. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It was insane, A 12 dude. pack wasn't enough. No, but oh, uh, we, we were just we were playing multiplayer and I kept dying and and and, and to, because I don't have a competitive bone in my body and want to make light of it every time I would get killed I'd be like I'm getting fucked and then uh, so like at first everyone was kind of annoyed and then after a while I did it so much it was like okay you've you've been so annoying and now we're laughing because you're stupid and then Josh the other day Josh was telling me how he'd be like he'd be playing the game he'd be looking at his own screen. And he'd see on screen, he'd see my Spartan get completely just obliterated. And as as he's watching my Spartan get obliterated, he hears come from my mouth behind him, I'm getting booed. Yeah, like there's the part of me that's hearing Brian. Like the first like 13 times, I'm just hearing Brian as a person say it. And then suddenly like when I get to a point in the game where I'm starting to like traverse enough, when I see his tag, 
and I get to him and then it happens. I see him get killed. And then at that same time, he's doing the, I'm getting fucked. And that's when I just completely lose my shit. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's just one of those things that I'm sure everybody listening has experienced where you just get, you have those moments where you're gaming together and you're just being idiots, but it's hilarious anyways. <laughs> Um, yeah, so. you definitely bring that to the LAN parties. You make it fun. I think if it Gosh, wasn't like, for you... You bring the idiocy. <laughs> you have done that yourself. Yeah, uh, I no. really have. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, it wouldn't be... Uh, I don't think those LAN parties would be as fun if it wasn't for that. Like, There's the part of me that always thinks, oh, I wish Brian was like not there just yet. But I get when it happens, it quick. makes it so much more fun. And so much more stuff comes out of it. Brian was doing that stuff. I can think of. He was asking these "Would you rather" questions, and I, I remember hearing guys from the cross the room. I didn't even know, just losing their mind over it. It was incredibly funny. Meanwhile, we're playing Ricochet, and 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 it just it's satisfying. It it makes it makes the experience. But man, you have pulled me into. Uh, you have been, you 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 kind of been my renaissance uh, carrier for uh, for Halo in a lot of ways. Like you 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 brought me. You're what brought me back. Uh, to halo and then it was like once i got to halo once we were like mcc was kind of done and we're starting to get going with halo 5 that's when i was like okay i'm here independently now too but it was very much you getting me to kind of mcc at least was definitely a a huge part of uh it was it was you it was you well i guess i think the real point of why I, i said this is because i think for everybody listening and people on twitter or whatnot who know you from sacred icons like i think I think people. I think we we almost expect more of you than is is necess- than is fair because it's like Josh really didn't arrive here because he was obsessed with Halo and it's all he wanted to talk about. He kind of got wrapped and our friendship Halo was such a big part of our friendship and he got wrapped up into it. So obviously he loves being here and talking about it, but like it's not like Josh has been weight chomping at the bit every day of his life for more Halo info. Star Wars is his thing. But he kind of got roped into this, and you know now he's a big part of Sacred. Oh, I want to be here. I definitely yeah. want to be here. It's yeah. I'm not I mean, just playing that. That was the whole point because I think for me, I I always ran the cycle. I don't know if any of you guys are like this. Tell me because it would be so validating to hear. But when it comes to Halo specifically, I love to literally have the same conversations over and over, yep. rinse and repeat, and just recycle it and recycle it. Sometimes you, you new things come out of it, and sometimes it's just nice to stay in that specific element of that. And uh, when Brian and I were talking before we did the podcast, we were just like we were kind of circling back to where we used to be before he had moved, which was always just talking about this stuff and just sitting there while we're playing Halo games, not really focused on the experience, but actually just deep in conversation about the stuff. We were like, let's do a podcast on it. So. Uh, and I appreciate that, but I mean, it, dude, I feed off your enthusiasm so much. Your enthusiasm is infectious. When I see the compliments in the Discord for you, when I see it on the Twitter and vice versa, all, or just everywhere, it's understandable and it's validating to hear. I'm like, yeah, I was right what, all along. One of the, yeah, one of the wanted best to hear com- Brian. One of the best compliments Josh ever said. So, like, let me paint this picture for you guys. So, before Sacred Icon. He's nuts, ever, Brian. No! Man, they'd be all like hard and like. You wouldn't be able to use them if they were painted. They'd be beautiful. Know? They'd be beautiful. The porcelain nuts. Porcelain, um, <laughs> beautiful porcelain nuts. Um, no, like one of the best compliments Josh has given me is like way before Sacred Icon was ever started, way before I even had a Twitter account, 
Josh would always be like, dude, your your enthusiasm for Halo. Sometimes he'd just say gaming in general, but a lot it is in Halo. general. But I mean, Halo is where where Brian really. He'd be like, spends. your enthusiasm just has this way of pulling people in who didn't don't even care at the moment. They just they get so hyped about it because your enthusiasm. Well, then we started the podcast and we like started a Twitter to promote the podcast, and then all of my enthusiasm for Halo was coming out in those tweets we made, those questions we made, all that stuff on Sacred Icon, and it was the Twitter was blowing up, and Josh was like. Man, it just confirms I was right all along about your enthusiasm, man. It's infectious. It gets people going, and like I just never seen anyone, like, I think I told the story before, guys. But to give it context, one time we were at this uh, pizza ranch, this like pizza buffet place, and like we're talking about uh, Halo stuff right before MCC comes out, like within like probably a month, and this one like waiter dude suddenly like just interjects and starts talking. And then him and Brian have a conversation, and we all start talking briefly. And I just never seen anything like that. I'd never been around a group of friends where one friend was so socially adept and, uh, I guess, inviting or enthusiastic that it really like pulled people in. Brian has the, like this spear spell that he just casts, and it pulls aggro. It pulls enthusiastic aggro, and people come in, and it, it is... It's incredible. You guys listening to this, or you, if you guys have recorded a, a podcast on here with him, when I wasn't around, like you can just see, like you want to keep talking with them and you don't want to stop. And then even when, even if it feels like the conversation dies down, you just want it to keep going. That's why Brian and I have so many damn conversations all the time because the dude is super stimulating to listen to and talk to. And for me personally, I don't have to carry the conversation because Brian is so sociable. I can literally be like a fly on the wall sometimes, just like zone out. And focus on what he's saying, but uh, but other times if I ask him something, if I do want to carry the conversation, then uh, Brian's going to chime in and have stuff to say. But I mean, it just you make it easy to. It's easy being your friend. Well, see, guys, you can't you can't contest with Josh when he gets on the compliment king stuff. Uh, you know, J- Josh is just one of the nicest possible friends you could ask for. So that's that's why. I mean, that's the best, pretty much the the best thing I can say to contest with what he's saying, but it's not a competition. But if it was, it's a reverse. Like, it's a reverse roast. Get on. Um, Get good. I think, I think there's this. There's, there's this. I don't think I know. There, there's a stereotype about gamers that like that like if if you're if you're super into gaming or you're super into Halo or whatever that you're you 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 are socially inept or you are lazy or or a basement dweller you know there's all these awful stereotypes out there so like one of the things josh said to me early on was he was like like wait a minute this dude has a job and a car payment and he's able to talk to people and not I be know socially, how to get to brian he's like not be socially weird but you also are a huge nerd who talks about halo all the time and like so it made josh feel like comfortable that he could be. I mean, that's the wrong way to put it, but like the. No, you no, 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 no. That's actually right because I felt like so long I couldn't. I felt the same way about that stuff, but it's really hard. I mean, you're into something sometimes, and no one else is into it. Like you have your friends you can chat with and shit, but like sometimes they're just not into that thing and not able to feed off that, and you're able to do that. So then when I see you, who is sociable with every walk of life, and then. You know, you're doing your best to take care of yourself. You're, you're good with your family. You got a wide range of friends and everything, but your focus is like obsessively pouring over this stuff again and again. It made it. It makes it fun, and I'm like, okay, cool, because most people shit on this stuff, and I don't feel like I can't be enthusiastic. I never really felt like that, but you made it. 
I got to bring it out more because you were just so comfortable in your own skin with it, and that was refreshing. Because I don't think most are. Most it's like it's like most dudes are like okay, you could have video games, or you could have a, a relationship, and then. For Brian, it's like why not both? <laughs> you know, so, like like most like like you have most people who are like, you know, like like any guy can remember being in a group of friends at some point in their lives when they were younger and remember someone saying something like like something along the lines of like, you know, uh, you know, we don't need we don't need relationships. We can just do this all the time forever. And then it's like crickets. Someone has always said yeah. something. There's always been that one friend who maybe said something like that. And maybe people agreed. Maybe they didn't. But Brian's the kind of guy that was like. Yeah, why not both? Like I, I have all this, and I'm I'm grateful for it. But like, man, none of this is killing my enthusiasm. Like I, I don't have to give it up to have all this. I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's just there's no trade off. So Brian finds a nice balance with it, and I'm a Libra, so I'm all about that shit. So it speaks to me, and uh, it's definitely encouraging. I, I have, you know, what I'm about to say is just my own opinion. I'm not saying it's fact or anything like that. But like, you know, I, I think there's there's a level in which like. You, you know the truth. You, you need you need to be like and you know you you know if you're mature or not. You know if you have your head on straight or not. Like you know that like it's right for you to be responsible. It's right for you to you know I don't know what age groups I'm talking yeah. to. I, obviously, if you're well, go ahead, Josh. I was gonna say to be clear, I'm not implying that Brian like doesn't doesn't have his days as a slob or something like that, or doesn't like eat an entire pizza by himself oh, or some sure. days that just decides yesterday. I don't want to go to work. Or whatever. Like yeah, I'm just saying that sure. Brian is someone who has never he doesn't let any aspect of being an adult or growing up stop him from obsessively pouring over these interests and like t- wanting to talk about this stuff. And it was so refreshing because two, by the around the time Brian and I met, even though I'm older than Brian by a couple of years, it was still around the time for both of us when guys start like transitioning, like I mean, that already kind of happened before, but you know when, like, you're a teenager and guys start getting into girls or whatever, you know, the preference is, but, like, you get to that point and then suddenly, like, I, I've had friends, my point being is I've had friends who literally the moment they started dating a partner, they fell off the face of the earth. And I get that completely. I've done that in my first relationship because it was just such a new experience. But Brian is someone who's, like, he's he's had relationships. I mean, for now he's married, but back then, like, he had had relationships and him and I were able to connect on all these different things outside of gaming, but he was still this person who was like taking care of himself at the same time, even if he literally was eating an entire pizza and drinking uh, third, uh 12 pack plus one. So of Mountain Dew, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good. Cause you need, you need people who aren't going to make you like feel ashamed in that. And I think as a lot of us dudes got older, you'd start to get that. Like, what are you doing, man? Oh, I'm making like X amount of money an hour. And then it became this peacocking thing. And it was like, that got old. I just like, I was like, man, I just want to like exist in harmony uh, with my friends. And Brian, I could literally, I could literally go hang out with and we'd be in the dark in the basement with uh, the screens illuminating our faces, playing these games and just rambling about these conversations. And they never mattered. And they, and that, but that was what was important. And that was what was fun. And Brian, just enabled that to happen. He was like, you know what, man? He's Brian's the kind of guy who's like, you might have all this stuff going on in your life, but dude, what are you what are you into right now? Like, let's talk about it, and you can do it, and you can have that conversation with Brian. It's uh it's it's great. Uh, well, like to like, give you guys an example, of something I've told Josh before. Um, my girlfriend before my wife on our first date, she asked me 
what my favorite movie was, and I said The Lord of the Rings, and I'm not kidding. She looked at me dead in the eyes with embarrassment. Well, Brian, what she what she say when you uh, wanted to have your LAN party? She said it was stupid. It was a waste of time. Uh, so made me feel pretty awful because it, actually back at the time I was like really caught up in this relationship, and I told her that I wanted to have like a last hurrah LAN party. Uh, before I, I kind of matured with her and like didn't do that kind of thing anymore, and that's how she treated. It. But anyway, so my point is, you know, it's it's a it's a there's there's a line, you know, like if you're an adult and you're being irresponsible, not working, not paying your bills. I, I don't know anyone's story, but I'm just saying, if 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 you know in your heart that you're just choosing to be lazy, like we've all done before, you know that's wrong. You know that you know you need to be responsible, of course. But at the same time. People who tell you that you need to not like things because you're too old or you're, uh, you know, you're too old for that or that's too nerdy, too dorky. You should have grew out of that. No, that's a bunch of bullshit. Don't listen to them. Like, if yeah. you like Halo or Lord of the Rings or maybe you still like Pokemon cards, that's but you're an adult that that is was being a big thing for me. Was I was just I've always been the person who's like, I don't care where someone comes from or like what they're doing or not doing. Obviously, as long as they're not hurting anyone, but um. You know, like if you have a if you have a job or you don't have a job or whatever, as long as you're like nice, and you know you're just you're willing to to just be kind. Like, I don't care. I'm going to accept you. And then with Brian, it just it was really it's I don't know. You were literally like the first person who was like, I don't have. We can have those conversations about all that excess real life stuff, but we didn't have to. You know, here we were both being adults, working, but we didn't have to talk about all that stuff, and it just made it fun because. I was seeing everyone around me kind of move away from that, whereas you were like moving even deeper into that stuff and into the opposite territory. So a huge change that Josh made on me is when we first made when I first met Josh, I was really prideful and not in a good way. And Josh was like, No, I don't like that. That's not a good quality. (laughs) Because I would be the kind of guy who was like yeah, I got this job because I'm a hard worker and if you don't have this job it's just because you're lazy. Yeah, I was that dick. And Josh was like He's basically like, yeah, that's not really a good character trait because, like, because like, so a lot of people are like raised to believe in being pr- proud of yourself, and, it's, and there is a right way to be proud of yourself. But like, pride in the the form that I'm talking about, there's nothing good about it. It's just like, and you know, like I had, I worked at a job one time, and a guy. Uh, so I worked at, I used to work at a, at a gun manufacturer, and I was really proud of it. And a guy who worked there with me was like, why are you proud of it? I'm like, well, because I earned it. You know, I got a job here. He's like, well, what'd you have to do to get this job? I'm like, I had to get an interview, pass the interview. And he's like, well, what skills were required of you for the interview? I'm like, nothing. It's like, basically, the reason I got a good job was because, I mean, the the part that I did was I, I put on nice clothes and I was respectable and came in and had a good interview. But like, I didn't do anything like it's not like I went to school for eight years to get my job. So like a lot of times the the places you get in life are due to some of it's due to you, of course, some of it's due to luck, some of it's due to the way you were raised and not everybody has the same luck or experiences or whatever. So like you you don't want to before you get super prideful, make sure you know for sure that it's really all you because I could even say like a lot of the things about my life. I'm only the way I am because my parents raised me to be that way. Same for Josh. Like we had kind parents. Yeah, it's not. It's not because of our own accord that we're nice people. No, you know, it, it, I mean, we're a product of our experiences and stuff like that. So, and for me too, just to give even better context, was around the time Brian and I got back in touch again. I was just fresh out of a relationship, and at the time, that was really, really hard. 
So it's like one door closed, another door opened, and suddenly Brian is back into my life talking to me about Halo 4. And I was just Hoping. getting back into video games. Like at that point as a sort of – like because I hadn't played them for like much for like two – probably around one, two years. We'll just say two years. And I was – you know, it's one of those things when you're out of a relationship, you guys, you like – one of the ways you try to heal is you try to do things that you couldn't do before. So you start to feel that renewed sense of like life experience. So I was starting to get back into my video games again. It's not that I couldn't do it before. It's just I wasn't as interested. And suddenly I'm rediscovering all these games and collecting them. And then I get back in touch with Brian. And here's Brian who's got this whole Xbox 360 collection. And they were so specific in how he had it. They couldn't say greatest hits. They couldn't. They had to be the factory sealed original way it released at its release date. And it's just spoke to me. And then on top of it, here is Brian who just was so immersed in his games he wasn't like it wasn't like i have to have a woman i it was more like i want one but it's i'm not defining my my life happiness by putting it all into this one person brian had all these different hobbies and things that he was interested in we would go brian uh, with my cousin for a long time whenever it was the oscar season brian and, and justin would go and they'd sit down and they'd make big ass meals and they would watch these movies so that when the oscars came they were ready. You know, they kind of were able to formulate what they wanted to win and all that kind of stuff. And then with me and Brian, it was like, we'll just play co-op and chill and talk about random stuff about life and so on and so forth. He has all different stuff with his other friends too, but Brian is just a chill dude. Dude, something you said that, that I'm, I'm glad you said it because it's so true. I was actually thinking about this yesterday and you said it like, Josh and I regurgitate the same conversations with each other and I love every minute of it. <laughs> me too. I, that, I that's what that. I... That's what I personally want. Now, some of you listening, maybe you agree. Other people are probably going, no, I don't like that. But like, so what, what, what I don't like is like, okay, for instance, like one of our favorite podcasts is a, a Star Wars podcast, Blue Harvest podcast. If they touch on an issue, they usually touch on the issue and then they move on. And they don't talk about it again. And I'm the kind of person who's like, can we just revel in yes, it for eight go episodes? Yes, back to it. Let's just talk about it. Let's for- just revel in it. Yeah. So like me and Josh, like we've had the same conversation about how the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Oh yeah, I really liked this part, but oh, it ended poorly. Oh, you know, there's bad criticism, but there's new fans. Like, and we've talked about it to death. But then the next day, we're like, let's talk about it again because it's what, or let's talk about the Star Wars prequels and how people hated on them, but now they love them. Like, there's nothing left to say. But Josh and I just think it's so entertaining. And you want to be in that specific app, that specific frame of mind of that aspect. Yeah, let's just yeah. keep talking about it. Let's talk it's like about a how. It's like maybe Brian and I are in the Halo mood, but we're specifically wanting to talk. Like initially when Halo 5's campaign was done and we were just kind of like sorting our thoughts of that. That's just where we wanted to keep talking about. Yeah. And then other times when we were nostalgic, it was like, let's talk about this one specific aspect and just yeah. live in it. So Yeah, let's just like, let's just beat the topic over the head to death. Like, because we want to. Like, Die. You know, like uh, sometimes we're just like, oh, let's talk about, you know, Bungie, Bungie Halo and 343 Halo and how they're different. It's like it's this, strange. at this if point I'm, in time, there's no way, there's nothing new to add, but yeah. it's just so much fun. It, when it comes to Brian, I am nourished by our repetitive conversations. That's the best way I can That's put it. That's how I feel. I feel, I don't know if you and me are in the minority or the majority. I think I would say minority. I think I we know. are in the minority because I don't yeah. know many other people I can do that with. I try to do that and then I feel self-conscious like... I'm probably bugging this person. Because, yeah, you think like, oh, they probably want to quit talking about this. Yeah. Because I'll go to work and I'll be like, I'll, I'll, I'll gauge it. I'll be like, somebody random will be like, yo, so what was your favorite Star Wars movie? They'll be like, oh, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, my favorite is Return of the Jedi. I'll be like, oh, what do you think of the sequels? They'll be like, oh, they're all right. I, you know, they're okay. And what I want to do is pry and get into a large yeah. three-hour conversation. But I can tell by their their, their character, their candor, the way they carry themselves, 
they don't want to talk about Star Wars with me for three hours. Uh, so I just kind of leave it. I go, oh, okay, cool. But then when it's Josh, I'm like, oh, Josh, I'm, I need to be nourished. Talk to me about the people trilogy for three hours. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but I like anyways, how guys, do a reverse roast. That was fantastic. Yeah, um, Josh, let's uh, let's close this out by uh, getting into uh, a good old Halo questions and answers that we we used to do all the time before we got into retrospective. Q and A. Let's lasso some up, up some answers, and then after that, we'll what do some patron say? shout out stuff. So lasso up some patrons. Uh, what's up? It's busy. Oh, what's what's the thing he said that we always say? Back like a butt crack. Oh. Back like a buck I feel like I, I imitate his voice perfectly. I'm, I'm kind of fooling myself with that. Yours is pretty good. It is. Um, question we asked this week on the Sacred Icon Twitter was, as we wait for Eshiram's video game de- debut, Eshiram is the, the brute villain from the Halo Infinite gameplay trailer, for those of you who don't know, what is Halo's greatest villain? And we posted a picture of Eshiram, Gravemind, Prophet of Truth, Didax. We got some responses here. Uh, actually, first, Josh, what is your favorite villain of uh, Halo? Ooh. Mine is the Prophet of Truth. I mean, does it have to be an individual? Uh, I guess Gravemind. I guess Gravemind. Yeah, it's I don't know. Okay. It's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, we got a response from Ten Ashes at Kindler Ashton, who says, Obviously, my boy, Gravy Brain. <laughs> gravy Brain. I like that. See, it's crazy because, like, Gravemind is such a cool villain. He's definitely, like, he's probably my second favorite. But it's weird because you only see him once in Halo 2. And, you know, Bungie has said in the past, like, that they didn't really like his design. They couldn't really nail it down. He ended up looking like a Venus flytrap, which I still thought was cool. And then in Halo 3, he has such a huge presence, but he's never seen. That's true. You know? He so slows it's down of, gameplay. Yeah, it's kind of What's hard that? What do like, people call that? Isn't there, like, a, a term they call that when that happens? There probably is, but I don't remember it. Okay, anyway. I think we see Gravemind's tentacles in the right after Truth dies in 3. You see oh, his maybe. tentacles come up, grab the pelican, yeah. but... Uh, been a while, yeah. I can't remember. Been a while since we saw the tentacles on Gravemind. <laughs> Somebody with like solo tentacles and was like, oh, hell yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, <laughs> now I just need Cortana's feet, you bunch of weirdos. Um, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, what if what if Cortana in Halo Infinite was literally just the uh, mocap of Uma Thurman? Yo, dude. Can you imagine if like the the Halo movie was like directed? You get you get the casting or the announcement that it's directed by Quentin Tarantino, and and immediately people are just like, "Fuck, here comes the feet!" <laughs> like every one of his movies, he's got to have right, the feet. Yeah. I'm not judging it. It's just it's just like, like what if at the end of the Halo franchise, we don't see Master Chief's face, we see his feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Finally, I can rest. He's got like a big bunion down there. <laughs> Big uh, next response is from Frankie at G33Dish. Lore-wise, probably the Grave Mind, but I gotta say the Prophet of Truth has to be hands down my favorite. Prophet of Truth is dope. I agree with him because uh, the Prophet of Truth he was he was that tip he was that type of villain that was scheming and intelligent and maniacal, but he but his physical ability was not strong. It's kind of like you know it's like when you watch like the Batman trilogy, you know, like um, the Joker or Scarecrow. Very good villains, but physically pretty useless versus Batman. Then you get to Bane, and Bane is like, I can break you, you know? That's what's great about villains, though, sometimes, is you have the brawny ones, and then sometimes you have the brainy ones. Yeah. So, like sure. the Riddler in a Batman. Ooh. Great. Ooh. Ooh. Da, 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 da. Ooh da, oh. oh, is that gravy? Oh, fuck. <laughs> what um, is this gravy mine? <laughs> gravy brain. Gravy brain. Uh, next response we got is from Madness01, Aaron. Says, 
Top five. Atri- this is why I picked Ooh, this one. Okay. I think this is interesting. He says top, top five. He says Atriox, Truth, Didact, nice. Brave Mind. Nice. And this is why I picked picked his question, his uh, answer. His last one is he says the heretic leader. Now the reason I chose this is because heretic leader is not a villain. Nice. And I'm guessing he knows that. And I get what he means, but maybe he doesn't realize that. For you guys who don't know, and most of you probably do, the heretic leader from Halo 2, he was, what's his, uh, Sessa Sessa Ruf- Rufumi. Yeah, he's the one in Halo 2 that has a boss fight where you fight, he clones himself into like two hologram versions, you gotta fight him, Arbiter fights him. He's not a villain. He is actually a good guy. He found out from 343 Guilty Spark that the great journey that the prophets have been propagating was a lie, and he was trying to tell Arbiter that the truth, that Prophet of Truth and the, the prophets have betrayed them and led them on this lie. And the Arbiter didn't want to believe it, and he killed him. He killed the the heretic leader. So actually, in that scene, the the real villain. Tell me why you actually that though. Like you said, it's probably because when you're playing that, he very much seems like the villain. Yeah, you from your player perspective. Yeah. yeah, but really, it's the Arbiter who's the villain yeah. at the moment. So, um, next response is from our buddy Anthony DC Outlaw. Anthony. He says, "I'd say the didact, but right now it's the it's the buggy because you beg challenge that has become the bane of my existence." He's referring to this new season challenge on MCC, which uh, harkens back to an old Halo Reach achievement. I don't know if you heard about this much, Josh, but there's an achievement in Halo Reach where you have to um, land a, a back a, a melee assassination. Uh, oh, I back. remember that one. Yeah, I don't have, have that, but I know of that one. Yeah, you have to you have to land a melee assassination on an elite, but you have to do it from. Oh, I heard something about that on Twitter the other day. Yeah. You have to do it from falling a huge distance. Like you have to fall so many, so so high of a distance before you land. And you, you basically what it is is you keep yourself from dying from the fall yeah. by landing an assassination as you hit right before you hit the ground. I love that though. I, that moment is when I first saw that like years ago. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like that's yeah. possible. That's pretty so neat. cool. But yeah, it's um, super difficult. And that's so like, they reintroduced that as a challenge in MCC, and people are having a really hard time getting it. So. Um, that's kind of what he's referring to, but I did get it back on the original. I hope you get it, Anthony. I want you to get it, buddy. Yeah. I got it back on the original Reach. It took me, like, probably 50 tries. I just kept running the same guy, but you already did that, Josh. Moving along. Uh, Ryuji at Ryuji Gunblade says, Halo 2 Truth was on a different level. Uh, Halo 2 Truth is on a different level from anyone else. I want more grand schemes like that in the future. See, I was waiting for uh, Ryuji's comment because I'm on the same page, dude. Halo yeah. Halo 2's uh, Truth was so much better than 3's. I think 3's was competent and good enough. No, I know, but damn, that dude, that actor who played him. He, man, he was, I forget his name. He was in uh, Ghost in the Shell, but oh, he's uh, so good. It's, it's on the tip of my tongue, his name, but uh, yeah, dude, he was uh, he was on another level. He he was menacing. And then you get to it's 3. About the great journey. He's like, and you would be left behind. The, yeah, oh, my gosh, yeah. I just get chills. Long have you led your fleet with honor. It's like, oh. Yeah. And you get to three, and he's like, like I don't know what any of this means, but... Of the so you shall be silenced. And then the haunted man is where he's like, Tears Wait, no, that's, of that's saying, that's joy. Saying yeah. Mm. Yeah, tears of joy. Yeah. <laughs> tears of joy. Terrence Howard, also in uh, uh, Phantom Menace. Um, next response is from, you'll like this name, Josh. Orin Hurlbutt. <laughs> what? Orin Hurlbutt? Yeah, Hurlbutt is at Mr. Salty Author. Yikes. <laughs> That's a whole lot of going, Dude, a lot like going on person. there. I like this person. I like this. He says, I would say the high prophet of truth, but Halo 3 ruins him, so the didact. No, I wouldn't no, say he ruins no, him, but yeah, kind of what we were talking about. I mean, um, the one and two is dope. Didact is the most 
underutilized amazing Halo villain. So, um, next response we have is from Tyrannosaurus Rex, but Rex is spelled W R E C K S. <laughs> nice, I like that. Uh, he says, "Gravemind Didact had so much potential, but they offed him." Do you remember oh, how he out there for Gravemind? Cool. Yeah. Do you do you remember the... how the Didact's offed in the comic, Josh? Do you remember well? I can't. I literally I can remember the frame of Black Team. Uh, being killed, and I can remember Blue Team fighting him for a bit, but I literally cannot remember the frame in which, like, I can't visually picture when he died. So make, to make a long story short, it was pre-established in canon that the Didact is immune to the Composer. You know how the Composer turns organic beings into Prometheans? Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was established in the canon that uh, the Didact is immune to it. Well, in the, the comic, they basically fire, like, a bunch of Composers at him at once and digitize him. So... He's like he's like locked away and digitized at the end of the comic. So not only did they kind of write his character out, but they made him less cool. So that's if I could pick one thing to be retconned in Halo, I feel like just like let's just retcon that comic. Most people don't even know about it. Most people are wondering what happened to that die that guy. You know. So I wonder if someone like reading that in Escalation at the time just like closed the closed the comic and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did I uh, read? I think the only people that would have pleased are people who really hated the didact, but I don't know. Um, and like why? Oh, yeah, we don't so even. This an episode of itself. And, yeah. It was so. Um, next response is for actually last response is from Crimson King at Crimson King Nine says nice tie between the Didact and Atriox. Truth is a close second, but I think he's his voice in Halo Three was too different from his voice in Halo Two, and sometimes <laughs> feels like a different character. Speed of mind is terrifying, but the flood never have been my favorite part. Um, you Speaking know, of Atriox, guys, I have still yet to play Halo Wars 2. I gotta make it as soon as soon as we get that Halo game, uh, the Infinite Gameplay reveal again, like re remixed. Uh, yeah. I gotta go back into it. I gotta go. Yeah, back. Yeah, Josh will get Halo Wars 2 completed before Infinite. But I absolutely. No, will. I like you mentioned that, Josh, because that's what I was about to mention. Is like Atriox is so freaking cool in Halo Wars 2 that the only thing that's keeping me from saying he's my favorite villain is we haven't first of all we haven't got him in a mainline game and second of all he hasn't had enough time yet but I'm telling you dude personally in my opinion Atriox has everything it takes to be my favorite villain he is really good because he's he's got he's got the smarts of truth but he's got the the brute mentality of someone tough like the didact do you think him and Tartarus would have like really got along and and meshed well or do you think they would have like conflicted I'm pretty sure there's something in the lore about like them knowing that Tartarus was killed or something, something like that. Somebody will correct me, but there's lore there. I, I don't think they would have got along because Atriox. No, actually, I know for a fact they wouldn't have got along because Tartarus believed in the Great Journey and followed the prophets. The whole thing, the whole point of the Banished is they didn't believe in the Great Journey. They didn't want anything to do with the prophets, so they broke off and formed the Banish. And Atriox led them. Like he, he was the antithesis to what. Tartarus well, that's good believed. to know, even though it breaks my heart. Yeah. So I mean, because yeah, I, I love Tartarus. I don't know why, like. He's only in one game, and he's not particularly, like, amazingly written, but I just love him. You know? They make you hate him in a good way. Yeah, for certain. They make you care. Josh, you ready to shout-out to our patrons? Let's do the uh, shout-outs before we get to the that, patrons guys, to small, Go ahead. Go tiny, for it. Sorry, Josh. I interrupted your beautiful No, you, Come back you, to the you, you know, small, I'll, I'll just go fuck myself. That's all right. Small, <laughs> small business shout-out for you guys. I'll make it real simple for you. We got a lot of people coming in on that Patreon at $1 because you know what? You get a lot of good shit from our patron at one dollar. You get a one dollar, Brian. I don't even at know. One dollar. If you right now, if you join our patron for a dollar, you immediately get two extra episodes of the podcast. That are patrons, you get an entire Sacred Icon original soundtrack that has ten metal songs that are themed after Halo. What podcast can say they have an original soundtrack? 
Not many, though. Somebody in the comments probably been like, oh, there's 30 million out there, you know, whatever. <laughs> we but, don't you know, know them. But there's also other bonus stuff there. Artwork, comic, or not comics, what am I saying? There's no comic. I That'd be cool. <laughs> um, maybe eventually. There's uh, extra soundtracks from our buddy Caleb who did our soundtrack. Uh, there's extra tracks from him. There's blog stuff. One dollar, you get all that, guys, immediately. And you get shouted out on the podcast for one dollar. That's at patreon.com slash sacred icon podcast. We do have two other tiers there. I'll let you guys look at that for yourself. You can go five or ten, but one dollar gets you in the door pretty much all the good stuff right off the bat. So check out the patron. Uh, if you want to send us an email, sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. And the best place to find us is the Twitter where we're always tweeting. That's at sacrediconpod. Josh is a jovial Joshy, and I am at Brian's Bane. Bang, 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 bang. And moving on to the patrons, we have newest patron just popped up. Uh, that is Montana Menace. Montana Menace. You've heard of the heard Phantom of Menace. Menace. Get ready. For- <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned. Oh, shit. Save these. You owe me a soda. Fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, Thank fan- you, Montana. <laughs> you know what, Josh? The Phantom Menace, he didn't really have shit on the Montana Menace. Man, he didn't. What's Everyone the, thought me, Phantom was the big bad until Montana showed up. What, what did, tell me, what did Montana Menace have that Phantom Menace didn't? Tell me. What's that? What did Montana Menace have that Phantom Menace didn't? Uh, he had a subscription to uh, the Sacred Icon Podcast Patreon. Boom! There it is, guys. Get in on it. That, that sweet plug. Bang, bang. Uh, we got our buddy Forbear dropping awesome visual content on the Halo, sometimes the Destiny. Go check that dude out. Thank you for the support. Yes, thank you so much, Forbear. I can never spell your name right for some reason, buddy, but it's like, it's it's my goal to do it because it's such P- a unique name. It's and it's, it's it rolls off the tongue well, Forbear. Yeah. I, I just, I love that. I would watch a show called The Forebears based on a family of the Forebears. Mm. It's a sequel to the Bernstein Bears, actually. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> that's fucking dope. I love Bernstein uh, Bears. When, when are we getting the R-rated CG realistic Bernstein Bears movie? I don't, I don't want know, that. man. It's a matter of uh, what we need. A, how do we not have a Bernstein Bears movie amid all these I don't know. boots and shit? Hollywood has done everything, man. so I don't know why not. Shit. We got our buddy Armageist. Thank you so much for that. Armageist. I need to use your name in my tabletop RPG. I said Josh, that last time. We have, Dude, it is so damn good. We have our buddy Green Plumber. What's he go by in the Discord? You fucking Ouija. You fucking Ouija. I love it. Josh looks like a little old uh, bum when he does it. He's just like, uh, his shoulders are squinted down. He's like, I look like the damn dude from like, uh, the, the, oh my God, I can't think of his name, but from Super Mario Brothers movie when they're in the elevator. Oh yeah, the Goomba. Yeah, the Goomba. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Next you, we got Codio. The best Cody-o. you has is Fruity Pebbles. Uh, once we're done, I'm going to have me a good old box of Codios. There you go. Get that cal- we got- cholesterol. Joshy big boy, it's just Josh's alias. Donation <laughs> Brian's lying. Don't listen to him. Thank you, Joshy big boy. You got a great name. Thank you so much, man. Ryan Barca, swimming with them whales. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan Barca. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you, buddy. Dustin Mandre. Ooh, damn. I don't think I can top that. Man, you make me want to have like... I, I, want, I feel like I'm at a restaurant and someone just sang my name and now I'm about to get like a whole platter of food. I don't know why when I said that I was thinking of Lion King, and now I'm just like, it's the second of life. <laughs> that movie had such an amazing soundtrack. What's a better soundtrack, Lion King or Tarzan? Oh, dude, Lion King. Phil Collins rips. I mean, but he does. No, it's 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 this Lion King. Uh, Elton John, he just he got he got crazy with it. He, he got did. crazy with it. Um, we got <laughs> Anthony Nicolosi. I don't know if it's up yet, guys, but I recently guessed it on Anthony Nicolosi's podcast called Craig Owala. 
Uh, I'm on there. Just look for the one that says I haven't seen Brian. It. I haven't so, seen it yet, but I've been keeping my eyes on that, so check it out. Yeah, check that out. Thank you for your support, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, Love you, man. We got our buddy Corey Hanks, who tells it how it is. That's right. Corey Hanks, man. Thank you so I much, love it. bro. You've heard of Corey Haim, but get ready for the new Lost Boys movie with Corey Hanks. There it is, I'm going to watch that coming. shit. The last two ones I haven't even seen, but like they're straight to DVD. I'm not going to watch those. I'm going to watch the, the-, the theatrical one with my dude, Corey Hanks. We got. It, uh, hopefully, you like those movies, man. If not, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a Jesse Stone movie. I don't know if you ever seen one of them. Uh, I don't think I have. Yeah, he's like it's just uh, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but it's a popular actor. But he's just like he's just like a ridiculous hard ass in the movie. But it's really silly. Someone will be like, "You can't talk to me that way," and he just punches him across the face. He's like, "Hell yeah, I can." <laughs> uh, next, we got Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. We'll always be eternally grateful. He sent us those dope ass Slurpee cups. I'm looking at them right now, man. Yep. Looking at them right yeah. now. You are an amazing person. Thank you for always tagging me in the the posts on Twitter. Crazy peanut butter beard, also super nice. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he's he's just one of the yeah. coolest people. I uh, I love that dude. Next we got Oni BB. Thank you, Oni baby. Still stocking awesome, them baby. shelves too, man. Getting you some Halo Hormel chili soon. I hope. Next we got some protein jugs. Protein jugs. <laughs> now laughing because Brian's. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh man, thanks so much. Appreciate that. Next we got dropping into the ceiling with that chili cheese. It's your boy, MH Cosplay. Mikey. With the cosplay. Mm. I don't really like beans, so I would just like, I would pay someone to get that shit out of here. I don't want that. <laughs> What's that? No. What? You're talking about the chili? Chili beans. Yeah, I'm not a big oh, bean man. guy. No. <laughs> Mike dropped in with the damn drop pod, and just around his feet, it's just spilling out with chili. I'd be like, where's the spoon, Mikey? Where's the spoon? <laughs> and then when I can't find it, I look out my window and it's Ouija running off, and I'm like, "You fucking Ouija!" <laughs> Ouija. <laughs> this isn't near as funny as what you said, Josh. But I just pictured uh, MH. Co- I pictured Mike coming out of his his pod. He takes off his boot and he turns it upside down, and chili beans come out of the boot. And he's like, "I guess I went in too deep." <laughs> I'm in too deep. And I'm trying to keep deep beans in my, in my boot. Yeah. Next, we got some Genesis, smartest Halo fan you know, a philosopher of many tastes and kind. That's actually yeah, absolutely. Love that dude. Super friendly. Great. I know he's got a great accent. I just haven't heard it yet. Next, bringing him up in the Halo fandom early, we got Ian Big Dog Mills, who Ooh. got viral on that post of his daughter playing Halo 3. Dude, yes, and that was super wholesome to see. Like, I don't it was. I don't know if you've posted that on Reddit or something like that, but you should, man. That was just such was a wholesome... Great. I tried to tag uh, uh, Steve Downs to, to get him to reply, but he hasn't, so maybe eventually. Oh, come on, Next, Steve. we got our boy Photon, the memeiest of all meme lords. Yes, Photon, man. I can't wait to see what you're going to be doing this year in terms of content. Like, he's been a little MIA lately. I hope he's doing well. I'm yeah, me fun. too. We miss you, man, but uh, can't wait to see. We know uh, there's always some memes just around the corner for you. Yep. Uh, next, we got our buddy KN Nick. Thank you so much for KN the support. Nick. Our be sure moderator like and friend, Jondon. Won't say your last name again. I the Crimson Seraph, Jondon? Yeah, I owe John and I owe you to just seriously study your name because we're too we're too much of buds for me to not say it. it I never get it right. It's like I'm not even gonna try. No, it's just Ed Butcher. It, but thank you so much, man. <laughs> well, at least next we got Trevor Pokey looking so fly in that Trevor leather Pokey, jacket. Trevor Pokey, man. And I'm just gonna pretend he's the lead musician at Everclear. 
Or maybe Our Lady Peace. I'm thinking more Our Lady mm-hmm. Peace. Yeah. I feel like if he can't, like, let's say we had like a sacred icon booth at like uh, Outpost Discovery. I feel like he would walk up with like two supermodels, one on each arm, like Trevor Polky would. <laughs> What's like, hey, sacred boys. <laughs> yeah. No, he no wouldn't. I, I made him sound uncool. Trevor, you're, you're so much more cooler than that impersonation I had. You made him sound like a bro. It sounds sound like a player who's like, good morning. <laughs> It's like, Jessica, can you go give me some tea while Sandra finds me a nice place to sit? Mm. Then, I'm loving your guys' show, straight content, though I was a little upset at that argument you guys had in the last episode. It's the Shipley's the Ship from Division. Oh, man. You guys, we love you so much. I love you so, so, so much. You guys have been supporting us so for much. a year on the podcast. Yes, and been so supportive. And Kiersey is an amazing artist. And Jordan is just always so sociable. Um, man... I'm rooting for you this Sunday. I don't, uh, I don't know if you're going to listen to What's this on in Sunday? time, but uh, it's a big old Super Bowl. Make sure and get you guys some Halo Hormel chili straight from Micah Cosplay. Is that the one with the? Is that for basketball or? I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> I just want to drive Jordan nuts. Next, we <laughs> got our buddy Dust Storm from Podtacular. Dust Storm. The oldest Halo podcast in the biz. I still think about doing that episode with him. Well, the two episodes with him. I had so much fun doing that. The dude is just an absolute If you guys want more Sacred Icon content and you've exhausted everything we have to offer and you didn't know this, we are on a Podtacular episode. Go find it in his archives. Chris Cross! Second to last longest participating patron, our buddy Glass. Glass. Glass, Glass, you are just Glass. The way I picture it is Matthew Salvatore is driving down the street, and you are right on Matthew Salvatore's ass, and you are trying to pass him. And the second Matthew Salvatore drops out of our patron, you're gonna pass him and be like, "Who's the longest running patron now, bitch?" But it's not gonna happen, man. Thank you. (laughs) Because you guys are both so great. The man who saw Justice League knew it needed more, and straight through your door, ladies and gentlemen, at rated R. March eighteenth, the Snyder Cut. That's right. I don't know how. I don't know how. I'm uh, ready to see how get to that, the end of that. But I'm ready to see it, man. Nothing like four hours. Ever been yeah. done in Glass. History. Thank you so much, man. Uh, it means so much to have you. Uh, as long as you have, I mean, you could have dropped out any time, but you haven't. Matthew, you are such a nice gentleman. Um, I love just socializing you, uh, socializing with you, and interacting on Twitter. Uh, can't wait to have you on the show down the line and just talk to you myself. You guys are all amazing. Uh, love you guys on the Patreon. It means so much to us. It is the most validating thing that you guys want to support our show. We love Thank you guys. You. It makes it so worth doing this. Every time we get any feedback from you guys on something you like from the, the podcast, yes, it just makes a whole day. Shower us in compliments. And don't forget, guys, <laughs> to leave us an iTunes review. We haven't had one since October. It'd be nice to see another one again. We will yeah. read it off on the show and shower you in compliments. Believe me, if you're one that wants to be validated and feel good about yourself, uh, make sure and do that, and we will reward you in kind. I'm gonna get a. Comp- I'm gonna see a new iTunes review, and it's gonna be one star, and it's gonna say they suck, and I'm gonna go to see who wrote it, and I'm gonna be like, "Are you kidding me?" And I'm gonna go. Get back here, fucking Ouija! I was just gonna say, what if you get on there? What if you get on there and it's like five stars from a name we don't know, and then all it says in caps is "You fucking Ouija"? <laughs> it's a great name, dude. Great I love it, dude. Guy. Please don't change it. But anyways, guys, let's get out of here. We hope you enjoyed this off-the-cuff Halo episode that we did not plan out at all. We love you, and as always, thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Icon P- Podcast. Keep it sacred. Peace.